Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Good. Um, so my name is Pastor Matt. In case you don't know me, I am the youth pastor here at Harvest Ridge Church. Um, and we are continuing our sermon series on our house, our house. Um, and so the past few weeks, you have heard uh, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Robin, who I like to call Pastor Mom and Pastor Dad. Um, I, we, we got to hear them talk about what to do in your family, in your house. Um, would you be able to just turn me down just a little bit? I feel like I'm loud up here. Um, Anyway, so the last few weeks, they've been talking about our house. And so basically, they've been talking about how we need to get our house in order and what we need to do to make our house a place of love and of security and a blessing. And so a few times, they actually mentioned that HRC, Harvested Church, is like your extended family, right? So you have your church, and then we're a combination of a whole bunch of houses that get together, and we get to support each other, we get to love one another, and we get to do life together, right? And so I don't know if you've heard them speak about it. They've done a phenomenal job talking about family uh, and relationship dynamics over the last few weeks. And so if you have not gotten a chance, I would highly encourage you to go listen uh, to their sermons. You can view them on YouTube or on Facebook. Um, But so basically, they've been talking about how uh, that this place is a place to raise your kids and, and have a community in a combination of houses, like I said. Um, And today I want to embrace that thought process and I don't just wanna talk about our individual houses, but I wanna talk about this place, our house, if that makes sense, right? So we have the Lord's house, that's what this is, it's a house of praise, it's a place of worship, uh, but it's also a place in which we take stake and we work and we give and we love um, the people in this building. This is a house of the Lord and it is, our house, right? If you come here and you regularly praise and worship God, this is your house. Make sense? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the values and um, honestly, just some of the things that make our house so important. Um, And I hope that this is something that you can kind of learn from a little bit, but uh, let's talk about our house. So growing up, I grew up here in this church, basically. I don't know how else to call it. Um, I used to make an ongoing joke that this was my second home. Basically, I would spend, especially in the summer, I would spend more time at the church than I did in my physical home that my parents like bought. Do you know what I mean? Like I would sleep and then I would eat and then I'd wake up and I'd come to the church and I'd ride bicycles and my siblings and some of the other pastor's kids, we'd play with chalk or we'd, um, I don't know, play in the nursery or basketball or playground, whatever it is, we would basically live here. Um, and I'm not the only one that has stories like this. There are uh, plenty of people who have grown up here. You know, this is not just a Sunday night, you know, this is not just a Sunday and a Wednesday type place. There are ministries and life and community that happen throughout the entire week, in case you didn't know, right? We do mon- Monday night, we got basketball, we got uh, women's ministries, we have volleyball, we have men's ministries, we have um, overcoming addictions, we have uh, life groups that meet here. We do a lot of things in this church, and it's not just a place of just Sunday morning and Wednesday night. 
it, right? And so there's community that happens. And I was part of the generation. There's actually, as I look at our youth group here, as I look, look at some faces, I see people who literally grew up in this church. They literally grew up in this church from the time they were young to the time now, maybe they're a little bit older. Maybe they have kids in this church. That, that's like me. Um, maybe your grandkids started coming. You grew up here. Um, and there's other people in this room who maybe you've only been coming for a few days, few weeks, few months, few years even, and you haven't gotten that experience. And what I want to do is I want to highlight some important values that maybe you haven't heard before um, that, that have to do with our house. But so in, in telling you all of this, I need to share some, some at least two funny stories of my time growing up here. So um, I don't, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, but I got my first kiss when I was here at the church. I did. I got my first kiss when I was here at the church. Um, it was the children's pastor's daughter. Um, I had a box of toys underneath my mom's desk and she said, Hey Matt, I have something to show you under your mom's desk. And I said, okay, sounds good. And then she pulled me in and gave me a kiss. Uh, and when I was 16 years old, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I was, I was about four. I was about four years old. All right. I was four years old. I do not condone kissing four-year-olds um, like that. And by the way, I have a two-year-old daughter and I'm watching your sons. Does that make sense? Like I'm watching them. But she tricked me. She literally said, I got, I, we had toys under there. That's why I thought she was going to go show me. Nope. She, right. Planned one on me. Um, well, with that being said, also like, so a few years ago, we had this chair dolly. Um, and basically it was a long a scooter like, I don't know how else to call it. It was, it was probably like 15 feet, 12 feet long, and you could fit like 50 metal chairs all stacked up on it, right? I don't know if anyone was around back then, but like, you, do you remember that thing? Yeah, it was a pain in the butt to try and store anywhere. And basically, my buddies and I, we would ride that thing like a skateboard, right? So there were these three holes in the middle that you could put a foot through and you could like pedal. And we were like, we looked like we should be in the Olympics, like, row. Row, row. That's what we did. We were all like pushing, you know, like we're, we're holding on. There were these two handlebars, one in the front, one in the back. They weren't actual handlebars. They were railings to keep the chairs in, but I saw them as a handlebar, right? And so uh, this is back with, before this edition happened and before our kids ministry edition, there was basically an unending hallway that went from our kids' classrooms all the way through to where the K1 room is. It used to dead end right there. And with a there used to be like a, a, a wall. And so we would ride from the old offices, which is our kids' classrooms, and we would push as fast as we could down the entire stretch of the hallway. And one day we did not stop quick enough. And we rammed that thing like a battering ram right into the end of the hallway and made a massive hole indent of the, the shape of that scooter. I think I was more scared of some of the old ladies in the church than my father at that time, right? I thought I was going to get beat. Um, but yeah, it was, that was like a, a life learn lesson. Make sure you have good breaks, right? That, that, was, that was the lesson I learned from that. Uh, but hey, we did silly things. Why? Because it was my home, right? Do you guys do silly things in your home? Right? Do you wrestle? Do you maybe break a lamp occasionally? Maybe with your siblings in your, in your childhood home? Did you ever do something? Maybe you're jumping up and down or like me. I know no parents have ever done this. Smashed your child's head in the ceiling when you were, you know, putting them up in the air or anything like that. I don't know if you've ever done that. You do it because you have ownership in the place, right? It's your home and you treat it like a home. 
Guys, we have two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds running up and down these ramps in between services, and they're running through our building and that kind of stuff. Why? Because it's their home. They get to have fun. I love it, right? I love seeing my daughter and all of her friends chase each other up and down the ramp. Like, it is so much fun for me to do because why? She feels comfortable enough to not just have to sit at daddy's side. She gets to be home. And that is what I want for the people here in this building, is I want Harvest Ridge Church to be your home. And so this is kind of a different sermon than one we've had in the past. Um, so this is not a, um, what would the, the term would be like an exegetical, where I just pull one single scripture and we're just working through it. Um, I'm talking about actual values of our church. And there's going to be scriptural, you know, we have reasons why, but this is not just like, a, all right, everybody open up to Matthew 12. We're going to be working through that. No, I want you guys to understand and why we believe what we believe in and how it affects the lives of the families and the people who go here, right? And so um, basically, I want you guys to understand this church a little bit more. And last week, my mom and dad laid some rules for the house, all right? So the, the first rule that they laid was that Jesus is Lord of our house. Mom and dad love each other and prioritize each other. And then also we strive to raise godly, self-supporting, healthy adults, right? And so those are some of the rules that they laid for your individual houses. And I'm going to lay some rules that we have for our house here, right? So um, if you guys have ever seen this before, but we have a mission statement here at Harvest Ridge, all right? We have a mission statement. Hopefully you guys have seen this before. Um, maybe you've heard it preached on, but it's to share the life-changing power of Jesus Christ with the current and coming generations. Who here has heard that before? Yeah, all right, so uh, thankfully there's some hands raised, right? Because that is our mission. That is what we want to do. We want uh, people to know the love of Christ. We don't just want uh, the old people or the young people to know. We want everybody to know the love of Christ. Um, we also have four C's. Hopefully you've heard about these before. So we have our four C's. We have connection, community, contribute, and children. Have you ever heard those before? Yes, yes all right. Um, these are some of our major values here at the church, right? We have connection. We want you to be connected um, with you know, each other, with other believers. We want you to be in a community. We want you to belong somewhere. We also want you to contribute your time, your talent, your treasures. And then also we care deeply for children. There's a reason why we protect them so much. There's a reason why you have to be a member in order to work. Um, we care about children. But there's another four value statements. There's another four things that maybe you haven't heard spoken on before, but they are underlying every single thing that we do here at Harvest Ridge. So before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get into it. So Jesus, thank you for this day. Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts to the values that you have for this church. Lord, you have blessed us. You have been fruitful to this church. And Jesus, I just pray that the people in this building sitting and hearing this, that they would understand your heart for Harvest Ridge and the city of North Ridgeville and all the surrounding cities, that they would understand that you have a plan and that you have a process and a will for us. So thank you, Jesus. Please bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So what are the underlying values that we talk about today? Let's go ahead and hit them. We have love God. Everybody say love God. Love God. Like each other. Work hard, Work hard. Have, fun. have fun. All right, I'm going to say it again. Love God, Love God. like each other. Like Work, hard. Work hard, have fun. Have fun. All right, have you guys ever heard these preached on before? Yeah. All right, so some people have, but I didn't see a whole bunch of hands raised like we've seen our mission statement, right? Because this is not something that's 
constantly talked about, but it underlines everything. So let's go ahead and let's get into this. Let's talk about loving God first, all right? Loving God, this should be obvious, right? This is a house of Jesus Christ. This is, this is a house of praise. If we do not prioritize loving God, then we are not truly a church of Christ, Amen. right? All right. I, I think that that is totally obvious. Um, we are Lord, you know, the Lord's house. However, it's also important to realize that above your, your wants, above my wants, above Pastor Kevin's wants, um, above the world's influence, above anything else, we prioritize the loving God, like loving God first, right? That means sometimes we are going to say biblical, scriptural truth. We're going to give God's truth, and it is going to be counterintuitive to what the, the, the culture and the world and the people who are sitting here want. Does that make sense? That will not affect us, right? If you say, well, I don't believe that, that we should be doing this. Well, does scripture say otherwise? We're going to preach what scripture says, basically, right? All right. That is what I'm trying to get at, is that even if our culture says it's unpopular to say that, we're still going to say it, right? That is what it means to love God here, all right? And so this church will love and serve God first. Matthew 6, 33 through 34 says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right? Here's the thing. What if we become culturally irrelevant? We're going to seek him first. Right? We're, we're going to let tomorrow worry about itself. What if, what if we lose all of our finances because we, people walk out, they're angry, whatever we're going to seek him first and we're going to worry about, we're going to let worry, tomorrow worry about itself. Um, what if we become the most hated church on the block? We're still going to seek God first. We're going to let tomorrow worry about itself. Why? Because we trust in God. And actually what has happened is the further we've stepped into the truth of the gospel, the more open we've said, this is the truth of the gospel, the more fruitful we become as a church. That the more we've walked in the will and vision and mission of God, the more blessing he's actually poured out on this building and the people here. Um, now, I am not, I am not, a, I, I talked about it last week, like a televangelist type, like if you don't give by the 31st, then you will lose out on 2024's blessing. Um, I've watched, I watched a guy do that. Um, there is a difference between earthly possessional um, blessing and eternal blessing. There, there's a big difference between it. And God makes no promises that if you give $100, you're going to get $1,000 in return in 2024. That is not a thing. Uh, now, does that mean that it won't happen? I can't say that it won't happen because God is a God of literally anything, right? Um, but we do not work and strive for worldly blessing. Uh, Ecclesiastes uses the word, uh, the Hebrew word hevel, right? And the, the translation is a mist, an enigma. It's translated in the NIV to meaningless. Everything is utterly meaningless. What does that mean? It means that whatever you have, your flesh, your money, your, your savings, your power, your stance, your position, it's all going to go away. It's all going to fade away. It's going to become dust in the wind. It's going to be like, uh, like this building will not be here for forever. This will, you will not be here for forever. Your, your, your possessions, your power will not be here for forever. So we do not strive to earn what is earthly. We strive to earn righteousness and what is eternal, 
right? And so that is what we do here at Harvest Ridge Church. We love God, not because we get something out of it, but because it's counted to us as righteousness. And that, that's what we want. That is a value here at this church. We're going to talk about God's views of things that are sexual, uh, of sexual identity. We're going to talk about God's views on finances. We're going to talk, talk about God's views on, on uh, gossip, on obedience, on, on substance abuse. We're going to talk about these things, even if it's countercultural, because we prioritize God first. Yes. It underlines everything that we do. If we serve him first, then we will be taken care of. All right? Um, so that is number one. Number two, let's look at it. We like each other. We like each other here at Harvest Church Church. And I have to say, it is not always easy. <laughs> it is not always easy to like each other. We are biblically commanded to love one another. Right? Mark 12, 31. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? We're also commanded scripturally to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. We are biblically commanded to love. We are never biblically commanded to like. And I'll tell you what, it is very easy sometimes to love people and not like them. Right? Because when... Golly, guys, if you have been part of some of these conversations, I can only hear so many conversations about Fortnite in which I just like hear over and over and over and over again on, uh, not everybody, not everybody, but there's times in which I'm like, goodness gracious, like, I love you, kid, but like, I do not want to be in this conversation right now, right? Uh, that this, is, this is common, right? You know that with your family, there's times in which you don't like your siblings or you don't like your parents or you don't like your cousins, right? Would anybody say that that's true? Would you guys say that's true? Yeah. yeah, because sometimes families fight. Families disagree. We don't always get along. We, we squabble. Goodness gracious. My, like, have you ever seen Pacific Rim? Yeah. It's like one of my favorite movies. Uh, I just, giant robots fighting monsters. Awesome, right? That is like, that is the movie right there, right? And when my sister, my older sister and I, I felt like we were duking it out. I was the, I was the heroic robot with the giant sword and she was the monster trying to destroy everything. And meanwhile, we actually just looked like we were like, you know, doing that. Uh, that's actually not true. I was not allowed to hit my sister. Um, that was just... That was, that was a rule. Um, I got really fast, though, because I just ran away. That's, <laughs> so she would uh, get angry at me, and I was out the door. Uh, but basically, you squabble as families. You fight as families. There's times in which you love your significant other, but you do not like them at that time. There's times in which you love your children, but you do not like their decision-making or who they are right now, right? It, there, there's an understanding that is not easy to always like each other, but we bond with one another here at this church. We grow together. We enjoy each other's company. We live life together. That is a value of this church. There's going to be times in which squabbles break out, right? There are going to be times in which you say, I do not disagree with what that person posted, or I don't disagree with how they treated that situation, or maybe we clashed heads. But at the end of the day, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we will love and we will care for, and we will belong together in the same community. That is a value at this church, right? That is a value at this church. Now, we don't see in scripture times in which Jesus is saying like, hey, Peter, I like you. And Lazarus, I like you. But we do see the outcome of the relationship, right? Because Jesus was, 
he was a phenomenal leader, first off, right? He was an absolutely phenomenal leader. But you can only be with a leader for so long unless you like that person as well. Does that make sense? Or like, you can only know someone. So what did Jesus do? He did miracles. Um, he blessed. He taught truth. Um, he walked around. And, and people loved hearing him speak. But I can tell you right now, you can only say so many true statements before everybody around you is annoyed by you, right? Like, have you ever been with a know-it-all? You ever been hanging out and I know it all and you're just like, be quiet, <laughs> shut your mouth, please. I, I had this kid in college, right? This kid in college, in my Bible classes, he knew every answer. He knew every answer under the sun and he liked to be, be thought provoking or whatever. And he thought he was awesome. The professor was annoyed, the rest of the students were all annoyed and he didn't even see it himself, right? I'll tell you what though, if I wanted to study, guess who I was studying with? I studied with that kid because he knew things, but he made me be so introspective that I knew I don't want to be like that guy, right? I, maybe I know an answer. I don't always need to share that answer. Keep your mouth shut. That, that's what I learned from that kid. Here's the thing. If Jesus was like that, right? Jesus knew answers. He knew truth. He gave biblical statements, yet people still hung around him. He didn't act like some uppity know-it-all. He had his disciples and his apostles following him. He had Mary and Lazarus and, and um, Mary Magdalene. They were following him. He had hundreds, if not thousands of people around him following him, listening to the words he said. People liked Jesus. People liked Jesus. Here's the thing about Jesus, though. He treated his followers like family. Why? Because they were family. He treated his followers like family because they were family. He died for you because you are family. He likes you. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. And that is an important thing for us to get with each other as well, is that at this place, we will belong in a community. We will love one another, but we will also like each other and enjoy being with each other, right? My life group, I'll tell you what, I like being with my life group. It's fun. It's really fun because we get to watch the kids be a train wreck and run around and destroy our houses. And we get to talk about our relationships and about the Bible. And we get to talk about things that are going on in our life. And we like to be together so much so that most of us hang out afterwards or we hang out at a different time outside of life group time. That is liking each other. I'm not expecting you to know, for you guys in the back to know you guys in the front perfectly right? That's what life groups are for. That's what ministry areas are for. When you serve with a team, you'll get affiliated with people. It's really great. Get plugged in by doing that. But I want you guys to know that even Jesus's family who fought, they betrayed each other, they disagreed, but they still loved and they still liked one another. All right. Um, now there's a woman uh, a few years ago. I don't know if, if you haven't been around for a few years, you may not know this name, but there, there's a woman named Anne-Marie Young. Um, Anne-Marie Young was... Um, Basically, she tragically passed away a few years ago, um, and she served, she gave, she loved, and was she perfect? Absolutely not, but none of us are, right? However, she tragically passed away when my family was on a trip to Myrtle Beach. And so we're in Myrtle Beach on vacation, and do you know what my dad did? He left his family vacation to go be with his family. Um, he left his family to go be with his family. Why? Because there's a value on loving and liking each other, right? Anne Marie and her family were so important. Another pastor could have preached that, that, that funeral, but they were family. Anne Marie was family. And here's the thing. If you don't know who Anne Marie was, 
and you look outside and you see that playground out there, that playground was donated by the Young family um, in honor of her name. So every single time that we have kids playing on that, we get to see the life, we get to see the love of a woman who cherished our students. She cherished our children and she gave for that because she was family. That is a legacy, people. And that is a legacy that I want you to have here at this church. I want you to be loved and to be known, not because we're so important, but because we invested in futures. We invested in lives and because we like and love each other. Sound good? Yes. Cool. Let's keep moving. So let's work hard. That is our third value. Work hard. Pastor Kevin has this famous saying that I've heard a million times. Hopefully you guys have heard it as well. If they can't trust us with their grass, how can they trust us with their eternal lives? If they can't trust us with our grass, how can they trust us with our eternal lives? That is a statement that is meant to say, if we don't take care of the little things, how do people expect us to take care of the big things? Right? If we can't pick up our trash, if we can't weed, if we can't clean up our, if we can't de-ice our driveway or whatever it is, how can people expect us to care about who they are eternally? There's more to this church than just coming in and just sitting. There, there's so much that goes into it. Um, we have a value of hard work around here, hard work in serving and cleaning and giving and taking care of what we have been entrusted with. Um, I, I, have a, I have a scripture for, you know, actually, yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, Hebrews 6, 10 through 12. I've been doing a study right now on Hebrews, and it is phenomenal, and I've really been enjoying this chunk of scripture. Um, so I wanted to pull this. Hebrews 6, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and your love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. That's pretty good. God's not going to forget you for your hard work and the love that you show his people as you help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. Does that mean that you get to quit because you've been in it for five years? No. You show the same diligence of helping, of loving, of working hard until the very end right? So that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Golly, this took hold of me. Do not be lazy, be diligent. Do not be lazy. If you need another word for your life, do not be lazy, right? That, that's a value here at the church, but it should be a value in your workplace, right? If you're going to represent Jesus, you better be a hard hard worker, right? If you're going to represent Jesus to your children, you better not be sitting on the couch and you say, hey, go do chores, right? Now, there's a big difference between resting, and I understand, parents, trust me, I understand, but at the same point, we are not lazy and forcing our work on other people because that is not a representation of what scripture or Jesus did, right? We are to be hard workers. We are to be diligent. We are not to be lazy because that is what we are told to do. That means some of you guys need to step up and work hard to take care of our house. I'm going to call a spade a spade. Our students, every week, uh, break down half or all of our chairs. Do you know what they find every single time they break down our chairs? Tissues, drinks, spilled coffee that's all over the ground, um, wrappers, gum. They find everything under the sun underneath the adults' chairs right? I walk in and I see on hands and knees our students scrubbing your coffee stains. 
Is that the representation we want to give them? Right? I understand that accidents happen, right? We have a concrete floor in here for a reason, right? I understand. But our students are cleaning up after your mess. They don't even do that in their own home. <laughs> Sorry. They don't even do that in their own home. But they do it here because why? They own this place. They have a stake here. This is their home. This is where their friends get together. And they clean up your messes. Is that the representation we want to give them? Because I want to be better, right? Um, also, I'm, I'm going to say this one as well. Someone drives through our grass over by that speed bump over there. There's, there's probably a few people. You're ruining our grass over there, first off, but also you're avoiding the thing that we put in to make sure that children are safe while they're playing in our speed, in our, uh, in our playground, right? There are literally tracks going around our speed bumps. That is not taking care of and taking ownership. Do you know what? There are kids from our preschool that are playing over there. There's kids that are playing. There's neighborhood kids that come and play in our playground. All right, we have neighbors that literally walk over and come to our church, right? If they lose track of their child and their child goes outside the gated area, I don't want them to have to fear that some idiot who's driving through the grass is going to hit their child. I don't want them to fear that. I want them to know that that speed bump is there to protect them, that we're not whipping through that, that area, right? I know it's a pain in the butt. I know. I know that it is annoying to drive over those speed bumps, but do not drive in our grass, right? Handle and steward the things that God has blessed you with, right? And let's do that for our own houses too, right? Let's do that for our house and let's do that for, for our houses as well. Some of you guys, some of you guys need to be intentional about the way that you work hard. And by the way, I'm preaching it myself as well. I had to go through our, my entire office and clean out a whole bunch of stuff because I had allowed my office to just become a mess of collection of things. I wasn't working hard to, to clean my own office, right? And I was embarrassed to have people come in. I don't know if you've ever done like the panic of like, oh, we need to clean everything in our house. That's how I was in my office, right? And so I needed to clean it. I needed to clean our youth closet. So that's what we did. We went in and structured it. I'm not just preaching at you guys. I need to work hard and be diligent as well to not be lazy. Um, Here's the thing, though. I want you guys to, have, to be at this church where you have stake in it. I don't just want you to walk in, kick your feet up, get invested into it, and walk right back out. I want you to have something at stake because that is what happens when we have our house. Okay? I got to hurry up. But I will say this real quick. I will say this. Last week, we had no parking spots in our, in our parking driveway. You know what I'm not about to do? I'm not about to ask people not to come. Right? Um, we are looking at possibly in the future having to move to three services, right? We, we might have to move to three services. If that happens, our children's workers are overwhelmed back there. We need some people who are willing to step up and step in and go serve our children. If that means you have to go through the next steps process and become a membership, pray about it, think about it. But we need some people who are going to invest in our students, right? We need some people. Right now, our youth group is averaging 70 students a Sunday night right now. You, yeah, it's, it's on fire. We average about four to five adults for 70-something students, right? We don't have like some, like, they're great. Our students are absolutely superb. Um, but we need some extra people who are willing to say, say I'm willing to, to take step, step in. I'm willing to take a stake, right? Uh, we have a van team because 
we're moving our vans currently out of the van spot so we can open up some parking spots in our gravel. Uh, at 7.30 each morning, we need to move our vans every Sunday. So um, if you are interested, come and talk to me after service. We have a merch team because this is some of our new Harvest Ridge merch. Um, and so we have some t-shirts and that kind of stuff. We're starting a new ministry area. If you wanna help out, if you wanna help sell some merch, come talk to me. We need nursing home people. We need people who are willing to invest in the generation that invested in you. We need some people who are gonna help out with nursing home, right? So uh, connect with us. I have a slide at the end. You guys can, can message us. Uh, there are people in this building who work hard and you may never know them. You may never know Becky Stevens, but she works hard. You may never know Don Funk, but he works hard, right? You may never know Gene Smith, but she works hard. She invests, right? You may never know a whole bunch of people, Doug Thompson, but he works hard and he loves on him. There's so many people, guys. There are so many people who work so hard. I can't name them all, but I just want to simply say that don't be someone who just comes and takes. I want you to not be lazy, be diligent. That way we can have a future in our generation. Sound good? Cool. I'm just, I'm just confirming that you guys were on the same page and then I'll, I'll keep moving. All right, last thing, last thing is have fun. Have fun. Harvest Ridge is a place where fun happens. Why? Because it's important to us. Jesus had fun. You guys know that? Jesus had fun. Where was his first miracle at? A wedding, right? He turned water into wine. That was his first miracle, right? That's awesome. That is so great. At youth, in our youth group, we have a mission statement. It is two-part, right? What's our first one? Oh, wait, you guys got to say it louder. To belong in a community and to follow Jesus together. So belong in a community is what I asked them to say, by the way. Um, belong in a community, what does that mean? Sometimes we're going to do things in which, honestly, we may never actually give a gospel presentation. We may just simply belong in a community and get together and have fun. What happens when we do that though? We form bonds, we form relationships, we get with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we connect with one another and through that ministry happens, guys. I have some photos actually. Uh, we're gonna just flip through them real quick, but look at that. We got, we got some boys, they're playing turkey bowl. What's our next one? Uh, we had a Christmas party. By the way, I did not give a single gospel presentation at our Christmas party. We just wore buffalo plaid and took pictures. This is our lock-in. We had 76 students at our lock-in, right? Um, <laughs> We have some tire wars, mud, right? This is fun. This is fun stuff right here. We got some more. Uh, this was at our, um, goodness gracious, Battle of the Schools. We had, I believe this night, 104 students show up at our, at our youth group. We're playing, we're playing in the middle of our commons. We got, we got some girls that are taking photos at our photo booth. We got some dodgeball that's being played. Why am I saying these different things? We want our students to connect. We want them to have a place because most of our students don't just hang out here. They hang out multiple times in a week. That's what I want for you as well. It's not just for our students. We have the sock hop coming up for families to connect. We have the, the uh, 50s thaw, right? The winter thaw coming up. We want you to connect. We have life groups. We have tons of things. Go on our events page. You can literally see why do we spend five minutes of the opening of service talking about announcements of different things that we have because we want to give you opportunities to connect and have fun. We want to give you the opportunity to be part of something bigger than yourself. We want you to belong. We want you to have fun. Matthew 11, 16 through 19 says this, but to what shall I compare this generation? It is like, a ch it is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. L look at this. We played the flutes for you, but you did not dance. So we played some music and you were too stiff to dance. You were too cool to dance. 
Also, we sang a dirge for you, but you did not mourn. You were too cool to be somber and, and, and take it seriously. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say that he has a demon. Basically, they were saying in this moment that uh, John had a stick where it don't belong, and he was just all stiff, and he was, you know, he, he was not fun to be around. He had a demon with him because he took everything serious. And then on the flip side, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look at him. He's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. What is Jesus saying in this? There is no winning with you people. There's no winning with you who want to complain that we're having fun. And then other people want to complain that we have no fun. There's no winning. Jesus Jesus came and had fun. He gave joy and freedom to his followers and, and the people who, who belonged to him. Jesus says, I, you know, he came with love and joy and truth and fun, yet you judge me, basically, right? I would rather just have fun and be judged for it than try to appease every single person. We had a person show up at one time who literally yelled at a group of people for laughing by the coffee bar before service. They were in a group of people, they were talking, and they were laughing, and someone came up and yelled at them for laughing in church. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why? Because there's freedom and there's joy and there's fun when we have a relationship with the Lord, right? People in this society think that Christians are just some rule. You have to follow every single thing. I want to show them that we're not. I want to show them that, that the light and the life of God within me actually allows me to be free. Amen. It allows me to, to throw a party for 5,000 people yeah. called, called Harvest Palooza, yeah. right? Where we get, to, we get to play music and give free food and kids games. We get to do firework displays and people don't have to come and worry about whether or not we're gonna shove ads down their face or like whether or not they need to worry about if past, is Pastor Garrett gonna sing a song that is inappropriate for my children to hear? No, no, no. We spend time and we invest, right? Yeah. He's, not, <laughs> he's not gonna do it, right? Hey, we spend time and we invest into fun things because we want people to know that Jesus is fun. There's joy and freedom. Now, this freedom looks very different from our world's freedom. Right? This isn't a freedom of, you can do whatever you want, you can say whatever you want. No, no, we have rules. We have morals. We have ethics. And what those things allow us to do is it allows us to walk in the, the will and the power of God in our daily lives. There is freedom and there's joy and there's fun when you live an empowered life. Yes. When the Holy Spirit is indwelling within you and you get to, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about those things. That is fun, people. In conclusion, this house, or sorry, in this house, we will love God, like each other, work hard, and have fun. I need you guys to say it one more time. So when I say in this house, we will love God, like each other, work hard, and have fun. So just like some of you guys' house is filled with love, it's filled with joy, it's filled with hard work, it's filled with laughter, it's filled with the love of God, so will this house be. All right? Here's my challenge for you today. There are some people in this building who you have been around for years. I'm talking 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, right? Um, you're not done. We still need you. We still need you to invest in lives. We still need you to step up. I was just listening to a conversation with someone who's been here for 20 plus years is jumping onto a new ministry team. That is awesome. 
That is so cool to me, right? I have to say that this place is only as good as the people who invest and who love, and we need you to continue to invest. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a, a quick story from my personal life. So I went away to college um, you know, for four years in Dallas, Texas, and I searched for churches, and I never really found anything that was like, you know, this doesn't quite feel like home. I found some great churches, don't get me wrong, but I would come back in the summer, and I just missed this place so much. Well, when I was going to get, I was looking for some different ministry jobs, basically, and I had what I would like to call the week from Hades. Um, it was five different churches over five different days all across Ohio. Um, it was like anywhere from six to eight hour interview days where I'm meeting deacons and all that kind of stuff. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I had nothing booked for my Friday for like until like two weeks before. Um, I had my father approached me and basically said, I was talking to the I was talking to the other pastors and I was talking to the deacon board and we would like you to interview for a spot here at Harvest Ridge. Well, my biggest fear was nepotism, right? Was for people to look at me and say like, he only got that position because his dad is, is the pastor, right? That was like my biggest fear. I did not want that at all. Um, I kind of wanted to go and pave my own way and be my own person, right? Well, we went through four interviews. It was a bit crazy. Um, we ended up getting three job offers and, and all this kind of stuff. and. We get to Harvest Ridge and I talk to the pastors and I talk to the deacons and I'm sitting with the deacons. And by the way, this story is not to brag, it's to tell you the story of the value. When we're talking to everybody, I, I was realizing how much I loved this place, how much people had invested in me, how much people had prayed for me, how much people had taken time out of their day to, to help guide me. And as I'm sitting in that room with the deacons, they say, Matt, what is your biggest fear about Harvest Ridge Church? And like I said, my biggest fear was nepotism, right? The people think I just got the job, that I wasn't gonna be able to pay my own way. And in that moment, my, my priority changed. And I said, um, I worry that the church can't afford me, that they can't afford another pastor on their staff, another salaried pastor. I, I worry that the finances won't, won't be able to do it. Um, this is not like a woe is me story, guys. I, 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 my concern was for my house. Um, and I just want to say that in that moment, actually, apparently that's when the deacon board said, we're, we're going to hire him. Um, and of course, there's been battles, there's been struggles and all that kind of stuff. And I love this place. I love this place so much. And I know that there's people in this room that their families have been changed for the rest of their life. Their families have been changed. I was talking to a family who had been here for 20 plus years. I was talking to a family and they said, I said, do you think that Harvest Ridge has changed you basically in preparation for this? And they said, we were not the same family when we came here as, when, as we are now, right? They have grandparents, children and grandchildren are all being raised in, in, in this place for the last 20 years, right? That is family. That is a value of this church. I want you to be part of the family here, right? So not just that, not just the people who have been here for a little bit. I want to give another challenge to the people who have only been here for a few weeks, a few months, a few years maybe. Um, if you have not been around for very long, I want you to know, A, you have a place here. I'm not going to force you, right? This is not a cult. You don't have to drink Kool-Aid or anything like that. But I do want to say you are welcome. You belong here. You have a community here. But we are going to ask something of you. 
We are gonna ask that you invest and that you love on people. We're gonna ask that you give of your time, your talents, your treasures. We are asking for those things, right? And so we have a, uh, I, we have a next steps process. If you haven't gone through that next steps, um, I wanna show it to you real quick. So we have Discover, which is where you find out about the church. We have Volunteer Lab, which is you learn where you can serve. We have our essentials class. You learn the core theologies of this church um, and fundamental truths. And then also we have membership, which gets you, um, you know, you can work with our children. You can vote. You can do all those different things. Uh, we have a number that um, it'll be, yeah, so, so you don't have to text welcome to it. If you take that number and you just simply say next steps or whatever you want to do, um, you can just text and say, I have some questions about next steps. I would highly encourage you to do that. You can also scan that QR code. Um, if everybody would go ahead and stand up on their feet with me. I want you guys to get included, to serve, to give, to work, to love, to teach, to grow. But I also want you to have fun and I want you to worship here, all right? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna end here by having some fun. We're gonna end by worshiping and praising God. Once again, at the end of the day, what's our first priority? To love God. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna love God and we're gonna worship him and we're gonna praise him. And then when we're done, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna conclude. And then I want you guys to stick around and have communication and fellowship with people around you. Does that sound good? All right, hey. All of this is out of a heart and a love for who you are. We don't want you to be strangers. We want you to be connected. We want you to be part of this family. Sound good? All right, let's go ahead and uh, Pastor Garrett's got some instructions. All right, we're going to sing. We're going to sing something appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Consider, can't sing anything inappropriate. Challenge accepted.